Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Unplayable Podcast, where we talk all things cricket from across Australia and around the world. I'm Josh Onafinger, and joined, as always, by Louis Cameron. Hello, Louis. Josh, do you always say across Australia and around the world, or do you sometimes say around Australia and then across the world? Uh, well, I thought you would have been picking up on that, but uh, <laughs> no, I try and keep it the same every time, just a bit of a voice recognition. A bit there. of consistency yeah. for the listeners. That's what they keep coming back for. That's right. Well, that's what everyone looks for in, in cricket, isn't it? A bit of consistency. Mm. So we're trying to do the same with our podcast. Yes. Yeah. Well done. Australia have had two warm-up matches at the T20 World Cup so far, and today's episode of the Unplayable Podcast will be focused on Australia's quest to win their maiden men's T20 World Cup crown. Um, so far, they had defeated New Zealand by three wickets, and then they lost last night to India by eight wickets, which we were up for and we were covering, Louis. Uh, what were your thoughts from that match and the earlier match that Australia won? My thoughts are that uh, people are going to be struggling to get some sleep during this tournament. Uh, I mean, this was one of the earlier ones. So, um, yeah, I think what it finished about 12.30, 1am, yep. something like that. So, yeah, I think there's a few early games for Australia. So I think people will enjoy that back here. General thoughts, I mean, the middle order is tracking okay. And that's probably the bit we're most worried about. I think um, Smith and Stoinis, really good signs with the bat in both games. Marsh good signs in the first game and then Maxwell in the second game. So between those guys and, and yeah, I said Stoinis, didn't mm, I? So yep. between those four, I think Australia have the makings of a decent looking middle order. Um, I've got some questions around that okay. a, a bit later on. Uh, the top order, not so much in great form. Um, Finch is obviously coming off knee surgery, looks a little rusty. And Dave Warner, we know he's... You know, he's, he's been he was struggling in the in the IPL and then he got dropped. So, um, yeah, so, some interesting little little points there with the bat. Yeah, the the batters who did well last night were the ones who have had time in the middle in the UAE re- recently, wasn't it? Maxwell, Smith, and Stoinis to a degree, and Warner and of course Finch haven't had any of that time. So hopefully, as the tournament progresses, a bit more time in the middle will mean a few more runs for those guys at the top. And it's hard to know whether the time that Smith and Warner got on the sidelines batting in the nets mm. means much over here. Like, it probably does. I heard Clem Maxwell say in a Zoom call the other day that he actually felt that his practice didn't help him that much. It was it was really the games. So that's a wait and see. It could be a, it could be a bit of a rock fight, this tournament, in terms of the pitches that we play on. Definitely. Um, but we'll probably get into that a bit later. Um, just a reminder to our listeners that the Unplayable podcast will be recorded directly after each of Australia's T20 World Cup matches. So if you can't stay up for the games to watch them, or even if you do, make sure you hit subscribe to get our post-match analysis directly into your podcast feed for when you wake up. Louis, there are some pretty horrendous time zones that uh, the Aussies will be playing in, but we're going to make it easier for you to follow the Aussies and there will, of course, be stacks of coverage, including video highlights on cricket.com.au and the CA Live app as well. Yep, I'm looking forward to it, mate. Now, we've got a couple of burning questions for each other that we haven't shown each other. We wanted to just throw the 
I guess, the, the big questions that are going to uh, impact this Australian side at this tournament. Do you want to kick us off? How do we want to do this? One for one? Or are you going to throw all yours at me first? No, and... let's go one for one, okay, I reckon, yeah. because I reckon we might have some overlap. Yeah, so. okay. Why don't you take it away with your first burning question? I'm coming off strong off the top. Off the long run? Yeah, and it's a question, not okay. a statement. Okay. So remember that when you, when you react. Yep. Have Australia had worse preparation for a World Cup? Right, well... Okay. Yeah, I'm but, testing your history there. Right. And it's a bit of a rhetorical question because I've got a little bit of uh, a bit of a run through to, to go with you. So okay, okay. A, a bit of background, I guess a lot of the Australian main, you know, big dog players, Smith, Warner, uh, Cummins, I think people know the list. They sat out West Indies and Bangladesh tours over the winter for various reasons, mm-hmm. but but most for COVID kind of bubble yep. fatigue, which is completely understandable. And then there was an Afghanistan-West Indies tri-series that also got cancelled in the lead into this. So it's not real. I wouldn't say this is Australia's, you know, Cricket Australia's fault that the preparation has been rough. So Finch had knee surgery in August. I mean, he's okay now, but he is short of match fitness. David Warner had his IPL struggles, got dropped. Um, Pat Cummins is probably the most extreme example. He arrived late into the camp. Uh, obviously had a baby, which is, you know, well done, Pat, if you're, if you're listening, mate. Um, but he hasn't played a proper competitive game since April during the first stage of the mm. IPL. You keep going through the list. Adam Zampers was bowling to teenagers in Byron Bay. Mitch Marsh, probably the, the maybe the best prepared that in terms of the guys who, you know, put the, their hand up to play for Australia. All those games, they were nearly two and a half months ago now, the, the last of those games against Bangladesh and Stark... Uh, Swepson, um, all these Matthew Wade, these guys are in the same boat. Matt, Glenn Maxwell and Josh Hazelwood are the exceptions here. They played the full IPL or the second stage of the IPL and did really well. So when you when you kind of put it like that, mate, doesn't look great, does it? No, you're right. And and even for some of the guys who did opt to go to the West Indies and Bangladesh, I'm thinking maybe some of the reserves, Christian and Alice, and mm-hmm. well, even Hazelwood to a degree, they were playing there, but they're not all of a sudden in the first eleven for Australia at this tournament so even guys who have had better preparation all of a sudden aren't in the in the in the mix at all so yeah I think Hazelwood's the most interesting one here I I don't know whether he's going to be in the 11 or not Um, I presume he probably will be but you know it wouldn't be a surprise if he wasn't but Mm. you know him and Maxwell are the only two who have been playing the who've played the full IPL and and Hazelwood did really well you know winning the IPL with the Chennai Super King so um it was a bit of an unanswerable question for you, that one, mate. So, um, Are they meant to be rhetorical or am I meant to get back to you with a... Uh, I would like you to research your World okay. Cup history and, and get back to me right. with that one. Yeah. Will do. Uh, my first question for you is along those same lines, um, David Warner at the top, how long does Australia persist with him if the runs continue to elude him? I think they have to. I think they have to persist even if he, he struggles in the first two or three games. Yeah. I, I don't think they have a choice. And his record is phenomenal in T20 cricket. And I would really be surprised if we didn't see a big score from him yeah, okay. in these first few games. I mean, there's a lot of top order batters in that squad. Yeah. So who are you? I guess you're right. There are other people who can open. I think the Finch and Warner thing, I think they've really parked, put all their eggs in that basket. Yeah. I'd be really surprised. Um, and and I'd, be, I'd be A, surprised if they, they dumped him or moved him down the order. And at B, I'd be surprised if he didn't he didn't fire at this World Cup. I think he's too good in T20 cricket. Oh. Warner swings it away on the leg side. 
there for the first maximum of the afternoon. And now David Warner's rolling nicely. My second question, Josh, is how fluid is Australia's batting lineup? So is Marsh the number three in all circumstances? Does Maxwell have the same role for Australia as he did for RCB in the IPL where he kind of comes in after the power play? Should Smith come in ahead of him in certain situations? Uh, is Matthew Wade a bit of a floater? Is the only left-hander in that middle order? Uh, if you assume those are the, the four guys plus Stoinis in that middle order, yeah, is it a set order? How do you kind of approach that? I don't think it's as fluid as other teams. Mm. It it looks pretty set from from where I'm standing. I mean, Mitch Marsh will be the three, I'd say, for the foreseeable future, especially if mm. Australia lose a wicket in the power play. Um, and Glenn Maxwell, he we know that he doesn't like to come in during the power play, so he's always going to be maybe five and below. But uh, Matthew Wade, yeah, he's an interesting one as well. He's the only only left-hander apart from uh, mm. David Warner, perhaps in that preferred top seven. But so maybe if Warner goes out in the power play, I'm trying to remember last night in the in the India game, Warner was the first wicket to fall. Yeah, from he was. Memory, yeah. And they didn't send. They sent him. They sent Marsh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the kind of thing as you, as you th- might look at Wade. You know, if they're bowling lots of spin in the power play, I believe he's a pretty good player of spin. I reckon his numbers are, are decent. Um, so maybe you put in a left-hander who sweeps well to counteract some spin if, if Warner goes out early. Um, yeah. Could that be a problem for Australia going forward with so many right-handers in that top order? Yeah, I, I, that's the thing. I, I think I think there's enough variety in the strengths of those guys. I mean, Mitch Marsh has improved his mm. play against spin, but is probably stronger against pace and probably that, you know, real strong, powerful kind of guy. Stoinis a little bit the same. Um, and then Smith and Maxwell are their best players with spin. Yep. Um, and, and I really think that those two, I think they're crucial. How, however Warner and, and Finch go in this tournament, I, I just reckon it's going to be a really low-scoring World Cup and they're going to need players who can play well against spin. There's just something special about seeing Glenn Maxwell in a black floppy hat playing the that, switch hit yeah. over a backward square leg off his first ball. I mean, that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, the, the black floppy hat or the reverse sweep? All of it, yeah. all of it combined. Yeah, no, it was good. All right, mate, what do you got for me next? Uh, well, it's another selection one. Mm. Uh, Australia has a vice-captain named for this tournament. It's mm. Patrick Cummins. Uh, does he play for the first game or are they going to ease him into it? He looked rusty in the game against Indy, didn't it? Um, it, it was telling, I thought, that he bowled out his four yeah. overs. Um, wherein they might have given those to someone else if it had been a game proper. Um yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. He looked rusty, so I th- it's funny. My question was was pretty much the same. My third one here, so there's a bit of an overlap. Um, I think Stark and Cummins are the most credentialed. If they're probably going to pick two fast bowlers, I would say because I think Zampa and Agar are probably locks. Yeah. Yep. Um, especially in the UAE. So if you look at it and just go, who has the best two records? You you pick Stark and Cummins. Now, I think Stark's probably a lock because of the left arm thing um, and also a phenomenal record. I, I don't know about Cummins. Maybe you ease him into the tournament um, and then you, you kind of try and get him right for the finals. Yeah, yeah. What are you? What would you do? I mean, this, I know we're going to pick our, our best 11s shortly, so it might lead into that. Well, yeah, maybe we should save it for that because I'm not sure there'll be too many points of difference between our 11s, but I think they've got Richardson and Hazelwood there who maybe have a bit more match fitness experience in those conditions. Definitely Hazel so, at the moment, yeah. So, yeah, we might come back to that in just a second. Yes. 
that. Yeah. So, well, my so my um, third question was which of the which of the fast bowlers are playing. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I'm question. happy to go into yep. that now. Like Richardson seems a bit like the odd man out in that. I mean, Hazelwood, Stark, and Cummins have just been grouped together for so long. Um, there's an argument to make that he might be the most indispensable. Like if we're kind of going. <sighs> If we're kind of going, it, it, I, I wrestle with this one. I, yep. I reckon it's really difficult because um, I think he's the only specialist they've yep. got, and he's—I I know he's not a T20 specialist per se, but it, it is his main format. Um, that one-day cricket, so I, I think he brings a lot that maybe the other three don't. In terms of, sure, he doesn't have the extreme pace that the other guys do, but um, some of the slower balls and just kind of T20 tactical nous, I think. Um, is really there with him, so yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, and he's got a lot of experience bowling in all three phases mm. of the innings as well. Whereas you might say Hazelwood and maybe Cummins to a degree. I don't know his figures as well, but don't have that maybe, especially at the death. It's a great point. Richardson yeah. certainly does. And I remember on the tour of England in uh, late last year, he was excellent, and he also had some good games against India uh, last summer. So when he has played for Australia, you know, he's generally done very well. Of recent times as well, Richardson, really, yeah. really good point. And I think if you're playing Hazelwood, I don't think you can bowl him right at the very end. Mm. Um, I, I could be wrong, but I, I reckon the way they were leaning was, yep, they can use him. They can use him early, especially with a new ball on up and down surfaces. But I don't reckon he's going to be bowling the last four or five overs. Whereas Richardson, you can bowl him at the start. You can bowl him at the end of the power play. Remember, that's really one now that teams look at is because those fifth and sixth overs can be really hard to bowl. He can bowl then and he can bowl at the death. Stark, I guess, is in that same Cummins. and Sorry, Stark is in that same category. Uh, whether Cummins is in that same category, yep. I don't know. Yeah, mm. I don't know. So We just haven't seen him play much 2020 cricket of late, have we, Cummins? No. Um, it's been a long time. Yeah. I, I, I think if they get him fit and firing, he's in this best team. Um, no questions asked. Mm-hmm. It's just whether he can he can get you know, get back to his best quickly. Let's hope so for Australian's sake. Uh, my final burning question for you, um, how does Australia combat the high quality – when they come up against high quality spin on these pitches? Uh, Ashwin and Jadeja mm-hmm. ran through the top order last night – uh, and there's going to be a lot of high-quality spin that they face in this tournament. So they just got to be practising it. I mean, I know they will be. Um, they'll be facing a lot of spin in the nets. Um, you can't cram for the test, though. Um, you know, you're not. none of these guys are going to become better players of spin overnight. Mm. I think we're in a better – they're in a better space than they might have been in the past. I think um, it was really, it's been really interesting hearing about Mitch Marsh's um, evolution um, playing – against spin and he identified it ahead of that West Indies series and he went up to Adam Zampa and said, you know, where do you bowl to me? Um, what can I do to improve against spin? And, I mean, that's just such a great attitude and he took, you know, what, what Adam said on board um, and now they all say he he's the one they want to see in the nets and uh, he's the one that Zampa and Agar don't want to bowl to. <laughs> I mean, Agar was on this podcast saying, saying exactly that recently. Um, so he's improved. Maxwell and Smith we know are really good. And I think Stornis has improved just through sheer repetition in, in the IPL. Um, and I think Wade's pretty good too. So I'm I'm less worried than I reckon we would have been okay. maybe five years ago going into that Indian World T20. Yep. Okay, cool. Just a reminder, if you did miss the Ashton Agar edition of the Unplayable podcast, uh, that was last week. So check it out. He was a really good chat.
Okay, so now we're going to pick our preferred starting 11s for game one against South Africa, which is on Saturday night at 9 o'clock Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Um, as we've said, it does look pretty settled, but certainly the bowling lineup is going to be um, one, one aspect of contention. So, Lou, why don't you take us away with your 11 and maybe run us through why you've picked, it, picked them. Yeah, so no surprises in terms of my top seven. Warner, Finch, Marsh, Maxwell, Smith, Stoinis, and then Wade is the keeper. Um, and the caveat over those batting positions is that I want Maxwell coming in after the power play. So if Australia and none down, lose their first wicket, say the eighth over, I want Maxwell in there. Like it. And yep. everyone else can, you know, they can figure it out from there. Um and I, I want Smith facing a lot of the overs of spin through the middle overs. So whether that means Marsh slides down a bit, um, I think that's that's one they can have. Uh, Agar and Zampa are locks. Um, whether they're eight and nine is, is another question, but um, I think they're in the team no matter what. Okay. Uh, to, certainly to start. I think you have to pick, pick Mitchell Stark. Um, left armour, uh, point of difference, yeah. great, great short form record. Uh, was fantastic at the 2015, sorry, the 2019 ODI World Cup. It's got to count for something. <laughs> to start the tournament, uh, I think the last spot goes to Richardson, um, depending on the wickets. A huge kind of asterisk. If they're playing on a really flat wicket, um, I think Richardson is your man. Um, I think maybe if there's a bit more up and down kind of stuff, maybe – Maybe similar to what they played on against India, that and and there's every chance they might play on um, wickets that are uh, low scoring and yep. tough. I think I'd probably have Hazelwood ahead of Richardson for those, just because I think he's. Um, I'm backing Hazelwood to hit the top of off 24 times out of 24. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a few change up if if need be, and he's really worked on it. I've heard he's got a knuckleball which um, is going really well. Uh, but I think on a flat wicket, uh, sorry, on a wicket that is a bit low, I think he's he's a real weapon. Um, so, oh, all right. So I'm putting Richardson slash Hazelwood for that last spot. Okay. And I, I guess Cummins, I guess he misses out. For okay. Me. It's it's, yeah. it's tough. I think whoever you whoever those two quicks you miss out is going to be difficult on them. Yeah, it will be line ball. I agree. Um, the first match is at in Abu Dhabi, uh, mm. and I was just looking through the qualifying round. There haven't been any games there yet, so no scores, mm. no pitches to sort of compare to as yet. So it's going to be really interesting on Saturday night. I believe that was the highest scoring of the IPL grounds. Oh, okay. I believe that's right. And Sharjah, which Australia aren't playing on, was the really tough one for batting. Okay. The thing is, uh, it's hard to know whether the pitches are going to be the same. I think there was some talk that they were leaving aside some World Cup pitches. So that, they might Oh, okay, be. really? That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're so far away back here in Australia, unfortunately. We, we don't know. We're not on the ground. So um, we're, we're guessing a little. But Josh, have you... Have you picked your 11? Are there any differences to mine? Well, I have picked my 11 and there are no differences. I also went for Richardson. Did you? Yeah. yeah I think, uh, well, he took three for 24 against mm. New Zealand in that warm-up game and that's not everything. But uh, as I outlined before, I think his record's excellent for Australia. Uh, he has lots of variety. And we've seen in the past that those those cutters that he loves to bowl and those into-the-wicket sort of things can be really hard to get away on slow uh, uh, more abrasive pitches. So I, w- I would start with that. Um, and th- that way you've got Stark, 
you've got Richardson and you've got Stoinis who can bowl at mm. the death as well. So Stoinis is going to need to bowl at the death. It seems that. like he will, yeah. Because yeah. you need you probably need three options that you can use. Definitely, the last five overs, yeah. Right? You can't just rely on two. I think that leaves yeah. you too one dimensional. And even though a lot of the best spinners in the world are maybe going to those death overs a bit more, I'm not yeah. sure that Agar and Zampa are quite there yet. I think when the crunch comes on, you don't. You probably don't say the other team needs 20 to win off last two. You're not throwing the ball to a spinner, no yeah. matter how good they are. Yep. Yeah. Oh, straight through him. Perfection from Mitchell Stark. The in-swinger rattles into the stumps. What a bowler this man is. As we've mentioned, Australia's first match will be against South Africa, Saturday night Australian time. Um, and they've had a really interesting uh, lead-in, actually. They won both their warm-up games against Pakistan and Afghanistan. Um, but there has been a little bit of selection controversy with uh, Faf Duplessis, who played with Josh Hazelwood at the Chennai Super Kings, where they won the IPL. Um, but last month, uh, Graeme Smith and the Cricket South Africa board left him out of the uh, squad, which was a bit interesting at the time, but he's not currently holding a Cricket South Africa contract. Uh, it means Timber Bavuma will be captain. And a lot of People are writing them off. Louis, are you expecting anything from South Africa at this tournament? I don't think there'll be easy beats. I don't think they're going to win it either. And I think it would be a real achievement if they got to the semifinals. Yep. Regarding the FAF stuff, I mean, it's the same with AB de Villiers and, and even Chris Morris. These guys, I mean, they've been pretty consistent with that policy is if you've made yourself unavailable for domestic cricket or for bilateral you know, T20 series, they're not going to pick you for the big events. It's an interesting one. When you look back to 2016 and West Indies winning the 2016 World T20, um, they'd had a very similar policy mm. and they reversed it. I think I think only in the months before that tournament and all of a sudden they got Russell back, they got uh, Gale back, they got a few others and they were, they were unbeatable. Bravo so. as well, I think, was part of that. Bravo, yeah, yeah, yeah. good point. So um, it, that's a... a big philosophical shift that's not going to happen between now and then. So in the meantime, they're just going to have to make do. But it, but it is one to keep an eye on for next year's World T20. Certainly. One of the favourites is England. They're also in Australia's group. Uh, their captain, Owen Morgan, has had a horror um, IPL since the restart, just 41 runs in nine innings. But Oh, and he's also said that he would drop himself if necessary from that English team, which is really interesting. Louis, if you were captain, would you drop yourself? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I don't think I would. Is you've uh, you floored me with that one? Is he a selector? Didn't they make Silverwood the sole selector? That's what I understood. But uh, from his uh, quotes, I just understood that he would make himself unavailable yeah. for selection if he felt that was the right thing for the team. And he'd have a say, wouldn't he? Surely, yeah. yeah. It's an interesting one. He's uh, there's a bit of talk that he is not as good against spinners as he is against pace. Um, this is probably the worst international form of his career. Um, but he's got a lot of credits in the bank, I think. Um, you just like what he's Definitely. done with England's white ball teams uh, is nothing short of phenomenal. Um, uh, taking over after the 2015 World Cup shambles for England um, to be winners the next time you know they played, and they were finalists in the 2016 World Cup as well. Uh, the T- 2016 right. T20 yeah, World 20, Cup. Yep. So he's gone finalist, win the 2019 World Cup. You'd be a brave man to write England off. Um, maybe not as brave to write Morgan off, but uh, I think I think they've come this far down the path with him. Um, to change the captain would be a big call. Yeah, it would. Uh, and I was just looking through their batting lineup earlier. They have a phenomenal they top do. order, which should you know do the bulk of the work. You'd imagine Morgan will be at five or six. We imagine, but it's just a 
it's a, an unbelievable white ball top order. It is, and he's pretty flexible. I, I think maybe if he's he's not going as well, he could potentially drop himself down. And you know, he's not the um, if he's coming in at six or seven. I think you you can probably carry him a little bit for maybe one of a better word. So it's a really interesting subplot to follow. I reckon. The final team that we know is in Australia's group at this point is the West Indies. Uh, and as you mentioned, they're the previous winners. They defeated Australia 4-1 in July, uh, but they've lost both their warm-up games to Pakistan and Afghanistan, although their 11s were uh, far from full strength in those sides, in, in those matches, sorry. Um, they're going to be really tough to beat as well in these conditions, aren't they? I think they're going to win the tournament. Really? Okay. Yeah. I, I think they have so many bases covered in that team. When you look at the top order, Evan Lewis, Chris Gale, Lendl Simmons left right-handedness mm-hmm. um the middle with Hetmeyer and Puran are just fantastic Love players them. yeah really good players I think Australian fans who stayed up late might have seen them uh, in that tri-series uh, sorry in the bilateral T20 series earlier this year um Pollard Russell as kind of finishes the I think Obed McCoy is going to have a really big tournament um he he is a phenomenal uh bowler left arm quick young and Australian, sorry, world cricket hasn't really seen him yet. And often it's those guys who are just at the start of their career who can really make an impact. Mm. You think about someone like Boomer who just burst onto the scene. There have been other fast bowlers like that. Um, and uh, my favourite, uh, Hayden Walsh Jr., is in. They Fabian Allen got injured. I think he's quite a... That's a big loss. He's a big loss. But Akil Hussain, who they brought in for him, is also a good bowler. So they don't lose too much. Certainly lose Fabian Allen's amazing fielding, yeah. and he and he can also smack a long ball as well. If you haven't seen those catches he took during the the series early this year against Australia, I would uh, highly recommend logging on to cricket.com.au to watch him. And so you mentioned Hayden Walsh Jr. He was player of the series in that five match series against Australia, and he was fantastic. He's a leg spin bowler for people who don't know. Louis, is he a slower, loopier leg spinner, or does he bowl it fast and into the wicket like seems to be the trend these days? He's a little bit slower, and you're right. The trend is the fastest spinners. We saw last night Rahul Chahar running. How would you describe that? <laughs> running from kind of around the wicket to over the wicket. Brilliant, but through the umpire. It was like a Sanus Jaisaria yeah. sort of run up, and then he bowled right arm right. leg spin. Yeah. Yeah, you think he can't, not only can he not bowl right right arm, but he can't bowl legs with <laughs> angle it that way. But um, he's my, my point around him is he's kind of the the model of the faster leg spinners we're seeing now. Yep. Walsh is that little bit slower, but he um, he really decimated the Aussies out of nowhere. And again, a guy who's not played heaps of international cricket, um, who you know international teams just won't as he's not no, as, yep. hasn't been figured out. So that could play into his favour. So the West Indies they just have these guys who are proven performers, but then also a couple of guys who just might sneak under the radar. Which you need as well, don't you, yeah. I think? Yeah. yeah. There are two other spots in Australia's group that is yet to be decided. We'll know one tonight. Um, Sri Lanka and Scotland are through in the qualifying stages, and it's looking like Sri Lanka will join Australia, England, South Africa, and the West Indies. Uh, and it's also looking like they could have Bangladesh, but there's still a bit to go on in that um, group qualifier as well, so we'll wait and see, but we'll know Australia's group for sure by Saturday night when they take on South Africa in their first game. So it's all going to happen very quickly between now and then. But um, there have been some really interesting moments in this uh, qualifying stage of the tournament. Yeah, and kind of going back to uh, what you're saying there and Australia's group. So 
Sri Lanka, if they finish top, which you would think they would, yep. uh, they'll go into Australia's group. And then the second place team of the group, I think it's group B. Yep. Group B, yep. I couldn't remember if they call it group B or group two. I think group one and two for the That could be for right. The yeah. main. Anyway. Uh, it, so Bangladesh lost that game against Scotland, which was a huge upset, which means likely unless Scotland lose to Oman tonight, that's Thursday night, uh, Bangladesh will probably finish second because they, I reckon they will probably beat Papua New Guinea and I reckon they probably will beat them with enough net run rate to go past Oman, especially if Oman lose, lose yeah. to Scotland. So that would mean Sri Lanka and Bangladesh end up in Australia's group, which is probably the worst case worst scenario. scenario. <laughs> They're probably the two strongest teams. Yeah, no, it's hard to disagree, uh, especially in those conditions as well, which they would be somewhat used to. Uh, it's also looking like Ireland could squeeze through in Group A, but uh, that they're unlikely to topple Sri Lanka at the top of that group. So very interesting couple of, few, couple of games coming up in that tournament. How about the double hat-trick? Oh, uh, that was insane, wasn't it? It made me think again about why we call it a double hat-trick. We don't have to spend much time on this, but it is weird, right, that it's called a double hat-trick. Well, I think it makes sense. I was trying to. I was explaining this to my girlfriend, and she said, "Oh, did he take six wickets in six balls?" Because I said, "Oh, it's a double hat trick." And I said, "No, it's it's four and four. And it made me think, "Oh, it's it's weird. <laughs> why do we do that?" But we know why because one, two, three is a hat trick, and two, three, four is also a hat trick. Oh, so is that why? I think that's why we call it a double hat trick. Um, yeah, right. because there's two ways to make it three and three. Yeah, right. I think, uh, could we get Duckworth, Lewis and Stern to, to look at this? Because I feel like mathematicians could not be on board with it. Could there be a simpler name that we could go for that would just clear it all up? Uh, four in four balls. Could we call, call it a Curtis Camper? Oh, there we go. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was such a weird double hat-trick anyway. Like there were DRS appeals. There was a catch down the leg side that only the bowler thought was out. Um it, it was it was really crazy cricket for a little bit and and yeah then this island team is hopefully they get through because they're they, fun to watch they are yeah yeah they are okay so that's all we've got for this edition of the unplayable podcast I just want to play a quick game of play it or leave it with you Louis before we wrap it up uh, that's where I'll bowl you some scenarios and you can either agree play or disagree with me leave does that all make sense uh, okay sure. I always preferred bowling, but I'll give it a crack. Okay. First question, play it or leave it. Australia have a squad that can make it to the final. Play it. Okay. So do I have to explain? Well, you can, you can, or you can just play it and move on. No, I think they have a squad that can make it to the final. I think it will be difficult for them, though. More players should be batting in the black floppy hat. Leave it. Oh, why? Uh... I don't understand how batters do it, even against spin, because if you want to play sweeps, which, I mean, someone like Glenn Maxwell does to an extraordinary degree, the, there's every chance you're going to top edge one and hit it into your face. You've got to be really mm, good yep. to not even think that a ball could, could happen. come up. We might have to get Maxi on to explain that. Yes. Yes, that would be good. India deserve to be favourites at this tournament. Leave it. You're going with the West Indies for your favourite? Yeah, I mean, it is a fair point. India probably do deserve to be favourites, but I think the West Indies are, are the best team. Yep. PNG have the best kits at the tournament. Yeah, yeah, play that. How about the floppy hat? 
that uh, there weren't many of them wearing it, but one of them was Legacy Arca, a former Essendon Cree Club oh, okay. teammate of mine. Yep. One of the best fielders I've ever seen. Shout out to Lega. Um, Are you talking about the caps that had the r- the rings around them as yeah, well? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're great. Great kids. There's a lot of great kids that. at this tournament. So to have PNG take top spot, that's pretty impressive. What about the Irish ones? They, I legitimately, my eyes were hurting <laughs> watching them from a little bit. They were so bright. <laughs> But that's typical island, right, you know? Yeah, true. I, I feel like they've normally had kind of like a, a lighter shade of green in the past, a, a less offensive shade of green, <laughs> some might say. Okay, we might leave it at that unless there's anything else you want to take us out with, Lou. No, I'll uh, I'll get some questions for player to leave it next week. Sounds good. Thank you again, everyone, for joining us on this week's edition of the Unplayable Podcast. A reminder that after all of Australia's T20 matches, we will be recording a quick little analysis podcast. So hit subscribe so you get that straight into your feed. And we will catch you right through this T20 World Cup. We might have you listening next time. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.